Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirada de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels is consulting with representatives of the ancient Terran species. Together, they are making plans for battle. Ah, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I know it's an amazing day, isn't it? Seeing the Earth's first space fleet being built, being turned operational. It's an amazing sight to see. I know it's kind of hard to explain unless you have a real good understanding of what we're doing here. We didn't want to put all our eggs in one basket, as you would say. So we've sent several robotic probes out to Jupiter to intercept any signals or to gain any kind of data from the area. Maybe we can figure out where the um, wormhole entry into our solar system is. So far, nothing has been yielded in a positive manner. But, as you can see, we have the rest of the space fleet ready to catch up very soon. It was amazing that we didn't have to launch the main Orion rocket from Earth's atmosphere, that we were able to build it in outer space is a testament to the savvy of Earth rocketeers lifting that much material into space and then assembling it piecemeal in zero gravity is, is an amazing feat. The Orion is actually three spaceships. There are two very small craft that detach from it that could return to the Earth proper on their own. It would take them a long time using their ion propulsion engine drives, but they could return to Earth on their own. It would take them about a two-year trip. Now, this would put them at the extreme end of their supplies, which wouldn't be a problem because we could ferry supplies from Earth out to them to meet them about six months in six to eight months into their journey home. So they're, you know, it they have to have enough supplies just in case of, of some dire situation or disaster in space occurring, but at the same time, they're not on their own. We can resupply them on the way back, the journey back which is a very simple rendezvous with a supply ship. The main Orion ship, the uh, nuclear-powered vessel, um, sometimes called the Daedalus, is powered mostly by atomic bomb explosions. The thermonuclear detonations behind its pusher plate help the ship to achieve speeds approaching a percentage of the speed of light. Nothing near the speed of light, but maybe 10 to 20% the speed of light. 
And this is a great achievement in our in our lifetimes that we have a ship that can travel this fast in the outer reaches of space. The problem is once you attain that speed, you've got to turn around and slow down, which presents a whole another set of problems. <laughs> I know it's amazing, isn't it? You think, you know, you see in the movies these spaceships just fly right up like little, you know, airplanes to far off planets, but in reality, once they get about halfway to three quarters there, they've got to start slowing down so that they can enter into some kind of orbit and remain stationary around whatever object it is that they want to explore. Well, that's the main attribute of the Orion spacecraft is the thermonuclear explosions. We can use these to for propulsion, but we can also use them for self-defense. Basically, it's a walking, talking um, explosion just waiting to happen, for lack of a better term. It is the ultimate um, display of the mad philosophy of military deterrent, mutual mutual assured destruction. If you attack them in a last-ditch effort, of course, the ship would blow itself up, but this is only a final solution. But but in doing so, it would destroy any enemy that would come near it. They could literally irradiate the entire surface of a planet that they were in combat with. Now, we don't want to resort to these kind of insane military strategies, but there is a benefit to it. We can't see comprehend or even imagine the level of technology that we're going up against with this alien race. But with a ship like this, we can at least hold some cards in our hand. The idea is if we can catch them unaware and surprised, we can literally hold a few bargaining chips in our favor, at least to get them to the table doesn't mean we can get them to agree with us, to change their ways, or to let leave us alone. But there's a chance. And to be quite honest, we've beaten around the bush with every other possible strategy and technology possible. And this is our best solution. We're lit- literally sending the most devastating, most dangerous, most treacherous vehicle ever conceived in a known universe towards another race, hoping to convince them to seek peace with us. There are other elements to the ship. There is a biological attack method and there is a chemical attack method, but we highly doubt these two methods will will garner much help in any kind of combat situation. The ship does have rudimentary shields. It has a system of defense with some lasers, some different types of projectiles that it can shoot, and missiles. But those are basically against smaller craft. They wouldn't really do much against something large 
at least as large as itself. So, I know, it's it's amazing that we've built something like this. And we couldn't put a lot of defensive systems into it because, you know, you start dealing with weight, you start dealing with a lot of things. The crew is basically a military crew. This is not a ex- ship of exploration. And it has a very limited mission. The duty of this ship is to fly to the wormhole. If given the opportunity, fly through. Go back from whence they came. And challenge their government. Challenge their people. To come to the negotiating table. We also have a contingent of our best warriors on the ship and if we can challenge them the same way they challenge us to a battle of champions we can potentially win combat on their terms in their world's arenas maybe we can force them to stop and quit this continuing devastation of our planet it doesn't mean we can There's no guarantees that this plan will work. But from everything we've gained in the past, all the knowledge we have, this does seem to be our best chance at success. The thermonuclear devices on the ship, yes, they could be discharged in every direction. There are literally thousands of weapons on that ship. It's bristling with thermonuclear energy and you shoot one down the tailpipe to keep it simple and it exits right behind the pusher plate explodes and drives the ship forward we know the aliens are susceptible to radiation as much as we are it's a horrible horrible death dying of radiation we think they won't want to risk a nuclear war with us It's the only thing we can think of. And I know we're backing ourselves into a corner where we're saying, this is all we can think of. This is all we have. But it is our best bet. To be quite honest, the governments of this world were brought to the peace table, not by great minds, not by great words. They were brought to the table by mutual assured destruction It's the only thing that brought the world's powers together and got them to seek out agreements with each other. They realized there was no winning this third world war and that we must stop. Everything must stop. The fact that sharper, more intelligent minds were able to influence not just one but all the militaries of the planet and bring peace to several generations in a row is an amazing feat. I don't think we think about it enough. I don't think we think about what had to happen to get all the governments, all the militaries on the planet to realize there was no way to win this war. That is where we are in our timeline. That's where we are in our development as a race. 
maybe this is how other ancient races ascend to the next level. They realize they can't destroy themselves. They reach a technological level where they can end their own existence, and they decide against it. Those who fail are not left to speak of their history. So we have a survivor's guild of people who have all chosen not to destroy each other or themselves. And in that, there's a bias. We don't know if our thinking is correct. We don't know if our challenge to this alien race is the correct choice. What would happen if we just entered and asked them to stop an olive branch, perhaps, that we've reached a level of development and we don't want to go any further with this? There's a possibility they could be reasoned with. Maybe that's what they're looking for, to see that we've developed to an equal level of that, to them. I don't know. I do know that showing up at their doorstep with a thousand thermonuclear bombs, ready to throw them into their atmosphere and irradiate their entire planet if they don't come to the negotiating table, would probably anger us in more ways than one. I'm sure that we, the human race, would take umbrage to this kind of strategy. But I also know we would definitely listen to them. They would have our undivided attention. (laughs) Oh, the composition of the ships. Well, when the main Orion ship goes through the portal, it will release a smaller ship and many, many small robotic probes, hopefully too many for them to track or to capture. These probes will immediately start sending data back to Earth. And the whole idea here is to gather as much data as possible, send it back to Earth as quickly as possible, and crunch all the numbers. And we will send our transmissions back through the wormhole itself. You see, it's open on both ends and stays opened for several weeks. This portal will allow us to circumvent time and space and send all our data back to our solar system at a much quicker rate. Instead of going across normal time and space, we will be sending our data through the hole and then from Jupiter where it's picked up, back to Earth. In the event of failure or in the event of a success, all our robotic probes will then work as a chain of communication stands, and they will send data back in different fashions, different ways. The other ship will gather as much evidence and materials as possible, and if they do need to come back through, we have the ability to bring a contingency back through the hole while the main Orion thermonuclear ship stays right there. So that gives us a benefit of of intelligence gathering and gives us the ability to um, modify our plans as needed. 
And like I said, our five finest best warriors are actually going to go through the wormhole into the unknown. We need our best men from all the earthling races in this endeavor. Our secondary set of warriors will be the ones that defend us here amongst our entire organized earth militias and armies. Hopefully, we can stop this battle without too much bloodshed. Yes, we're still going to go through with the Contest of Champions, but we're wondering what will happen when we challenge them on their own turf. It's within the rules. They have to accept our challenge. And if our warriors can win there, we can stop this whole thing. So there is many levels to the plan. There's a biological element. There's a chemical element. There's a nuclear option. And there's also a logical solution. Trying to ask them to stop challenging them to their own system of combat. And if we can win, we can get them to stop. I know this all sounds crazy, and I know it's all just a little much. But it's our best bet and our best option. We've used so much of the world's gross national product to design and build this ship, to ferry all of that nuclear weaponry into space, to build new missile systems, new launch systems, new radar and detection systems. It's a boom for the economies of the planets all over the earth. This is the greatest increase of wealth and industry this planet has ever seen. The robotics industry alone has jumped a hundredfold. Some of the droids we're using are almost autonomous self-intelligence units. They're not completely independent from interaction with humans, but they're so close. We're sending many of these advanced robotic systems with our robotic probes in case they can be of service there. Their first job is to go and be an ambassador, not a warrior. They do not have actual weapons. Their job is to be diplomats. I know it sounds crazy, but there's a chance. There is hope at this point in all of this. There is hope that the warriors that we've chosen can defeat theirs and we can fend off this alien attack. The contest of champions is such an interesting one. Look what it's done for all of the races on the planet Earth. The octopus, the marsupial, the cats, and the bees. We've come together, the five of us. We've shared our intelligence. We've shared our knowledge and our history. We've brought the intelligent species of Earth together in a way that no one could ever dream imaginable. And 
in all of this, our first line of defense is diplomacy. All races agree, try diplomacy first. Yes, there may be a show of strength when the Orion gets to their world to let them know we aren't joking. But a show of strength could also be interpreted as an attack. So we have to be careful when we get there that all efforts are made to contact them peacefully using radio contact, using non-military means to signal that we want to talk. I'm amazed. I really am. I'm really amazed that we came together like this. So many disparate nations, so many strange cultures, so many alien type races amongst us that we could come together, pull our efforts, and build a working, usable space fleet. <laughs> a space fleet of three ships. <laughs> Well, don't worry, the United States and Japan are very sneaky countries. We have, yes we do, we have a backup plan. We do have a second Orion-class ship being built. Hopefully it will be in orbit above our own planet in time for the actual invasion by the aliens. It may not be 100% complete, but it will be functional in Earth's atmosphere or earth orbit it may not be able to travel the stars but it will be here as a defense weapons platform in orbit around our planet i know the original plan only called for the three ships and the robotic probes but we were so successful in the industrial build-up to building the fleet that we've decided to try to build a second ship, just in case. And if all goes to plan, it will just be a redundant system. We could use it for exploration. But if needed, we do have a very powerful weapons platform in orbit to protect us if the case arises. Now remember, <laughs> this is a mad philosophy, a mad strategy. If we need to resort to setting off nuclear charges in orbit around our planet, the tenets of mutual assured destruction start to come into play. Errant atomic weapons exploding high in our atmosphere will actually probably do more damage to us than the alien vessel there. And this is something to keep in mind and be aware of. Once we reach a certain point, there is no turning back. The plan has to be carried out. And wherever the chips fall, they fall. And whatever happens to humanity, well, it's our shared fate. I do agree that some of the ideas of putting a colony on Mars and a floating colony 
on the moon and Venus are very intelligent plans, but there's just no resources to carry them out. We've made our bed and we need to lie in it. The portal should be opening very soon from all indications. When we detect anything on this side of the wormhole, we should be able to see how they open it up and maintain it here and there very quickly after they open it. It's very important that we get all of that data, run it through computers, and through the greatest minds of our generation. We must figure out exactly what they're up to as quickly as possible. Shutting the wormhole down permanently may also be a last-ditch effort and a final solution to the problem, but it will also trap all of our good men and women of all the races that we send through the wormhole to a death sentence in a far-off land. This, my friends, is the last-ditch plan shutting down or irradiating or destroying the wormhole so it's not functional anymore is our last ditch plan. I leave you to dwell on all of this today. I hope it helps you think. There's so much to learn, so much we can discover. I know these are military missions but in a way, they are missions of discovery. Back in World War II, we had very little knowledge of the Japanese Zero Fighter when the United States went to war with the Empire of Japan. We found, by chance, an undamaged, crashed Zero Fighter far off in the mud off an island in Alaska. It was spotted by a float plane looking for troop movements. When they discovered the plane, they found that it had landed into soft mud and was almost undamaged. It was retrievable, repairable. They took it back to the United States and they fixed it. They made it operational. They painted it in American colors, and they flew it again. They had our best and most experienced pilots fly that plane and figure out every little tiny weakness in the Zero Fighter. The Warrior Code of Japan had their best pilots continue fighting in combat. The United States took its best and brightest aces and pilots and took them back to train new pilots, took them back to teach others the tricks and the methods they used to be successful. Being a strong warrior is always important. And the Empire of Japan was an incredibly strong, valiant nation of warriors. 
constantly just being on the lookout for new knowledge, discovery, intelligence. Putting these things together, not being afraid to take a chance, to learn, to grow more intelligent, to know your enemy. This is what the United States' greatest weapon was. And though these ships are on a military mission, the opportunity of discovery, the knowledge gained from that, will give us an edge. We may fail five different ways with this attack. The point is, we only need to win once. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Remember to stay tuned for the next installment of this story coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardohuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.